Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast. My name is Jake Eichert, and I am the Community Groups and Creative Director at Mission City Church, as well as the host of this podcast. Each week, you can find full-length sermons, five-minute sermon breakdowns, and inspiring conversations with guests about discipleship, current events, local outreach, and more. Our mission as a church is to make Jesus known, and we pray that this podcast does just that for you. If it does, please subscribe and share. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Mission City Church Podcast. I actually, uh, so there was definitely uh, earlier in the week as I was kind of prepping for the message, there's certainly some nerves, some uh, questions that I had as far as what to talk about, things like that. Uh, but I am truly uh, grateful for the opportunity to share this message with you all. I think uh, God has definitely a number of things that he wants us to believe in, to, to lean into this morning. And uh, hopefully, as I've been praying and uh, very similar to what Russell just prayed, I just w- hope that my words are filled with grace for you all, uh, that, this, that nothing I would say would be... Um, condemning in any way that you wouldn't feel uh, any added shame or guilt on top of probably if you struggle with anxiety some of the things that you already feel that about Um, that's not my intention at all Uh, but I do think that God wants to speak to us in some ways about anxiety this morning and to challenge us in maybe some ways um, but also give us uh, a hug (laughs) in some ways as well Uh, so uh, before we really get into that though I thought I'd lighten it up Uh, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine uh, and there's a picture that's going to come on the screen here. Uh, this is uh, what some of my friends have affectionately titled Lake Jake. Um, Lake Jake is, Lake Jake does not experience anxiety. Let's just say that. Uh, and I don't know if it's because I was born and raised on a lake or it's just being around water. This is actually a, a photo of me at a beach uh, on the ocean. Uh, but something about it just puts me at ease. Uh, I don't have to worry about things. I don't have to stress about what's happening in life or in the rest of the world. It's just me and the water. I feel maybe in control, maybe uh, just like I don't have to be anxious about things. But that's not me always uh, because there's definitely uh, a large portion of me and a large portion of my life when I do struggle with things that I worry about, that I'm anxious about. Um, but when we first to uh, when we first like were led to help uh, in the church plant, uh, I took a job in financial services, and I was basically answering phones uh, all day, every day, and just talking to ad- financial advisors or people who had investments um, in the uh, firm that I worked for. And I got to be honest, I didn't really I didn't get super anxious about money until I started taking all those calls. And I realized that everybody else was worried about their money. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I should be worried about this too. Uh, and if you're somebody that like has anxiety or struggles with that, you probably get that. You're like, yeah, when somebody starts telling me I should be worried about it, it's like, oh, why am I not worried about it? Um, which is unfortunate because it, it's not helpful. Um, but but the reality is, is that I think this is something that uh, is really important to a lot of us, and especially as believers, um, I think it's important that we allow God into that space uh, and that we bring God into that. And, and I just want to say as well as we get started here that uh, I can't possibly imagine to uh, comprehend or understand. I'm not going to pretend like I get uh, everyone in here struggle with anxiety. Uh, there are things that uh, all of you have worried about, have had fears about, have been anxious about that I I couldn't imagine what it feels like to struggle with that. 
Uh, and, and so I don't want to pretend like I've got that all covered or I have all the answers for you or uh, that I understand every pain that's happened because of anxiety in the room. I don't want to even pretend to believe in that. But what I do believe is that there are some answers that I can offer, uh, hopefully. Hopefully some things that will help uh, in just a general sense. Um, so uh, I want to start out. Let's, let's, let's do this. Um, I think I, I, it's important for me to kind of lay out maybe some different levels of uh, what we're talking about here. So when it comes to worry and anxiety, uh, I, I want to kind of categorize this into three different levels here. So uh, first off, level one, uh, and by the way, these are not uh, necessarily better or worse, so don't feel like, well, I need to get in category one, so I'm not in category three. That's not the case. Um, we just struggle in different ways. Uh, but, but number one is, is just worry. That's kind of uh, low-level beginning. Uh, so uh, there are things that I worry about, and everybody has these. They're just general things that we worry about. The, the what-ifs of life, the, the how will this happen, but when this happens. Like Those are just general worries, and these are categorized by like, you don't necessarily obsess over them, um, but they come up occasionally, and they're just kind of in the back of your mind at times, and um, they don't necessarily change any of your, like, the way you live, or uh, don't necessarily keep you from experiencing things, or whatever like that. Uh, they're, just, they're just general kind of worries. I think about it like this. So uh, my wife and I took a trip to Colorado last summer, and when we, 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 wanted, we did some hikes, uh, I think one of the hikes, maybe we did three hikes, uh, one of them had this big sign that was talking about like danger moose area or moose sightings, moose attacks, which I'm not sure if you've ever seen a moose in person. Those things are huge. All right. I, like I immediately, my brain was like, I don't stand a chance. I don't, let's turn back. I, I don't think that this is right for us. Um, and the whole time we were on the hike, uh, even though we, we, so we run into like this experienced hiker about halfway through and we're like, obviously, you know, not native to Colorado, have no idea what we're thinking. We're like, Hey, have you seen a moose today? Uh, and they're like, well, they only come out in the mornings and it's too hot for them right now. Like, like we're total idiots. Cause we, you know, are not regular hikers in Colorado. But anyway, um, so that was a little bit at ease for me to know that they, you know, we're not going to see one, but I, the whole time we were hiking, I've got like, you know, eyes in the back of my head going like, is there a moose back there? Every, like, trample, every, like, breaking stick, I'm, I'm ready, you know. Uh, I'm processing in my mind the entire time, like, what am I going to do in the case that the moose is there? Uh, I discovered pretty quickly it was run. That was the choice. Um, but that's important. Like, fight or flight is a natural thing, right? Like, that's, that's an important worry. That's an important concern that we have. It's a gift that we've actually been given to be able to handle situations of stress. But that situation, that exact example, is something that's momentary. It's something that I'm, I'm it's a present worry and fear that I have. And that's kind of the, the first general kind of level that, that I want to kind of address. Um, level two, I would say, would be like true anxiety or a middle ground of this is anxiety. And this is, uh, it's just kind of a, an, an increase to the levels of those worries. Um, there are worries that, that don't go away and, and possibly even get to the level of something that we obsess about. Um, they're constantly on our minds. Uh, the questions that we're asking, instead of just like, well, what if, or uh, but when, or whatever, they become more existential and even overwhelming. Uh, we ask questions like, will I ever be enough? Um, am I doing the right thing with my life? Am I doing the right blank with my life? Am I in the right relationship with my life? Am I in the right job? Am I in, like, we're asking these questions that are more, uh, maybe have more weight to them, uh, more, more uh, lifelong. How could I ever get over dot, dot, dot that happened in my life? Like, 
Notice the, the always the absolutes that are in there. Will this ever happen? Is this the right thing long term? Um, and they become more overwhelming. And these cares, these worries, these anxieties begin to change our behavior and they begin to keep us from experiencing things. We are afraid to uh, go to maybe some social events because there are things that creep up with uh, our anxiety and we're, we're afraid to, to go out. Or we might, be, might cause us to be late to work or even miss days because of those fears, those concerns, those worries. Um, we might even dread, like, like if you, um, or maybe you stay up super late at night because the morning gives you anxiety of the new day. Uh, or maybe you uh, are someone that goes to bed really early because nighttime uh, is a case for anxiety. But they change the habits, the ways we live. Uh, that's, that's, that's kind of the section two. And then section three, which I want to make sure that I address, but um, is not something that I necessarily uh, feel qualified to talk about today. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, but that's clinical depression. That's something that like a doctor has actually... Um, you know, uh, diagnosed, um, that, they, that you may be taking medication for, that you may be seeing a therapist or counselor for, that is even something that's kind of, it could be hereditary, uh, it could be something that there's like actually a chemical imbalance or something happening in, in your brain that's causing that, that's like out of your control. Um, and, and I just want to say like, I, I want to acknowledge this because it's not something that I'm necessarily going to be talking about. And I just want to say like, it does fall into the category of what we're talking about in the general of anxiety. But, but we as a church just want to come, come alongside you and affirm like, if you have considered or are seeing a therapist, counselor, like, like we, we affirm that. I think there's been a, a history of the church that has said like, that's not okay and that you should just pray it away or that if you're not like truly a believer or you're not trusting in God enough or whatever it may be, like, you know, fill in the blank. And I think a lot of times maybe the church has done more damage than good uh, by saying something like that. And so I just want to say like our, our stance as a church, and I, and I know that Russell would agree with this, like, like we affirm those things, uh, whether it be therapy, counseling, medication, like whatever uh, a doctor would prescribe someone that's, you know, a, a, an expert in this field that I am not. We, we want to affirm that in you and uh, just want you to know, like, we want you to get help where you can and that it's actually a gift that God has given us to have people that have uh, that kind of knowledge and skill set uh, to be able to speak into those areas of our lives, to be able to prescribe certain things that God has gifted us with and medication, things like that. So uh, blanket statement, that's clinical depression. Uh, wants you to know that we affirm those things and that that's a gift from God and, and hope that you take advantage of those things if you need them. Good to go there? Are we on the same page? All right. Cool. So you may be thinking, uh, if that's, you know, clinical and, and this is a, maybe a medical thing and whatever, like, why, why talk about it in church? Why, why is this a, a sermon series that we're doing? Why is this something uh, that needs to be addressed from this stage if there are, you know, licensed therapists, counselors, uh, psychiatrists, things like that to, to address those things. And, and this is um, really where I want to hopefully maybe open a door that God wants to speak to us today. So uh, I, I have a definition here of anxiety that comes from a book called The Wisdom of Anxiety by Cheryl Paul. Uh, it was actually gifted to me, or I'm borrowing it right now from uh, my friend Luke, who's here. Uh, thank you, Luke. Uh, but it's been really helpful for me, and it's been a resource for me in, in creating this message. But, but this is the definition that, uh, that she has for anxiety, and I, I, I think it, it's really helpful for us today. She says, anxiety is a feeling of dread, agitation, or foreboding associated with a danger that does not exist in the present moment. It can also be defined as a general and pervasive sense of dis-ease without an identified source. Anxiety, while often experienced in the body, is a head state 
that keeps its prisoners trapped in the realm of unproductive and fear-based thinking. Anxiety keeps you on high alert, and, it at, it, and at its core lives the belief that you're not okay, you'll never be okay, and that you're not safe physically, emotionally, and or spiritually. Anxiety and trust are mutually exclusive. Now, uh, we'll leave that up for a second, but I just want to point out a few uh, key statements that I think jumped out to me as I read this. It's a head state that keeps prisoners trapped. It says you're not okay, you'll never be okay, and you're not safe. Anxiety and trust are mutually exclusive. Now, I want to, in one hand, hold that, and, and the other hand, compare it to these things that Jesus said. In Matthew 11, he said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. In John 8, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 10, he says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus said, Rest, light, and abundant life. Now, if you ask me, that definition of anxiety is at odds with what Jesus promised in those three verses. And that's why I think it matters that we talk about it in a stage like this and that we talk about it in church because at its core, struggling with anxiety, getting into it outside of the clinical side of depression or uh, anxiety is a gospel issue. And even clinical anxiety, that's why we affirm you uh, finding help in those other areas is that we want the, the fullness of life in Christ for all of you. Like we, I, I would love to, for everyone in here to experience the fullness of what Jesus says is, is in rest, in light, in an abundance of life that he came to offer us. And I think at its core, anxiety robs us from experiencing that. And that's why it's important that we use this, this stage, we, we take this time together to listen to what God has to say about it and maybe hopefully speak into it to help us in some way. Uh, and to do this, uh, we're going to focus on uh, one uh, section here. And if you've heard this section before, uh, or if you've read this, um, and it's, there's a chance that it may have not been helpful for you in the past. I just want to acknowledge that first. And, and just to ask you to be gracious, uh, to allow it to one more time to just open your heart to what God may want to say to you through it. Uh, we got, uh, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6. If you have a, a, a Bible or your phone or something you want to flip there, uh, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. And while you're flipping there, uh, if, if you have a, a Bible similar to mine, so my, uh, I use the ESV translation, um, and the, you know, it's got those headings for different sections. The heading for this section in my Bible that I typically read out of said, uh, Do not be anxious which has helped no one in the history of anxiety. Uh, it's like calm down, never calmed anybody down, right? Um, and so as I, was, as I was looking at that and, and reading this and considering this, um, in the back of my mind I was going, goodness, I sure hope that this helps somebody because <laughs> the heading sure doesn't. But, but I think it will. I think it will. Uh, and I'm confident that God wants to speak to us in that. So uh, if you will join me, uh, I'm just going to read the whole passage and we'll do some breakdown in a minute. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It is, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. 
They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? In which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed uh, like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I want to start out by just kind of uh, maybe the first section of this or the first point um, is just an awareness. Uh, I think it's easy to um, not want to acknowledge any anxiety or worry that we have. Uh, I think that's step one (laughs) is acknowledging uh, what do we worry about? What are we anxious about truly? And Jesus gives us three possible examples. uh, And I think that they're actually more than just the specific one that he mentions. uh, But let's take a look at them. So he says, you know, first, uh, do not be anxious about what you are to eat or drink. Uh, I I would categorize this in in maybe a more broad term as just the essentials of life. Uh, What is God? Are you you anxious about the what you need to survive? Uh, He says, what are you you anxious about your clothing, what you will put on? Uh, I think we could categorize this as as protection and security. Is God going to take care of you? Is God going to protect you? Are you safe? And I think the final one, he says, you know, do not be anxious about tomorrow, your future plans and hopes. So is God going to provide your needs? Are you safe? Are you secure? Are you taken care of? And what about your future? I think those are the three things that we can be aware of what Jesus is trying to speak into and trying to uh, warn us about f- facing anxiety. In. And I, I, as we think about this awareness, I just want to pause real quick here for a second to just pray for each of us. Uh, I'm just going to pray that that God would uh, give us an awareness in this moment uh, about what it is maybe that we're worried or anxious about. So, uh, God, thank you again for the opportunity to preach today. Thank you for the opportunity to share this message. I pray that you would just, again, continue to uh, give grace to these words uh, that you want to speak to us. I pray that right now in this moment, every every person who is listening to my voice uh, would just have an awareness, God, that you would reveal to them something that, that maybe uh, if, if there's something that, that they're anxious about, if there's a worry or a care or something uh, in you know, the essentials of life and the protection and security and their future hopes and plans or, 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 or something outside of that that you want to speak into this morning, I just pray that you would, uh, you would make an awareness of that. God, that you would bring an awareness to their minds right now and that they'd uh, lock that in for a moment and that we could address that as uh, we look at the rest of this passage. Thank you so much for what you do. You are a good, good God. We love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. Second point. So we have awareness. Here's part two, and this is the tough one. God's provision is best. God's provision is best. Is the point that Jesus is trying to make here. Uh, Let's look first at this. Uh, One, I love that he says this. Your heavenly Father knows you need them. So we get hit with the don't be anxious about this, don't be anxious about that, don't be whatever. And he could just leave us there. But he says, no, don't you understand that your father knows that you need them? Your father knows that you need them. There's almost a a relief there, at least in my opinion, that God does know what I need. 
and I think that's helpful. Um, but I also want to take a look. Let's, let's, let's look at this real quick. So he talks about specifically birds of the air, right? Uh, there's a picture that's going to come up here of uh, a toucan. Yep, there it is. Uh, this was taken by Charles Sharp, and I found this really fascinating. Um, so, so Jesus specifically calls out, he says, you know, the birds of the air, they don't work for their food, but God feeds them, right? Uh, I don't know how familiar you are all with toucans, um, other than the one on the Fruit Loops box, but toucans are native to South America, uh, Central America, and Mexico, uh, uh, typically. And they eat mostly fruit. Why is that important? We think about the idea that God feeds the birds whether they work for it or not. According to a study in 2019 by Agricultural Outlook, this region of the world is the largest exporter of bananas, mangoes, avocados, pineapples, and papaya, supplying almost 75% of the world's consumption. God feeds the birds. And I'm telling you, he cares way more about you than he does the toucans. God wants to take care of the needs of the toucan, and he cares far more about taking care of your needs. In addition to the birds that God feeds, he also clothes the fields, it says. Um, there's a picture here of lilies in a field. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's beautiful, right? Um, there's just the array of the, the purple and the mountains in the background, everything. It's, it's beautiful and and God cares about the beauty of this field. He clothes the field. He secures the field. But God cares so much more about you and your security and your beauty. And he wants to, to reveal that in you. He wants to reveal that to you. I mean, it's like this is exactly what Jesus is talking about. That is, as, as much as he takes care of the needs of the birds that don't even work for it, he takes care of the, the security and the protection of the field and the beauty of it, he cares far more about you. think there's a question that begins to bubble up in my mind. Uh, it's been said often, uh, which is not a verse of scripture, but uh, the, the quote that God helps those who help themselves. Uh, and I would just like to point back to God feeds the toucan that doesn't work for it. <laughs> and, and, and I wonder if that is a freeing statement for anybody in here this morning that God cares more about you than what you do to earn what he can give you, but that he wants to provide good things for you regardless. Uh, I, I, would, I would question that idea that God helps those who help themselves. I think, I think obedience leads to fruitfulness, uh, which is different because God wants to provide good things for us regardless. So awareness of what we are anxious or worried about Understanding that God's provision is best. And then stay with me here. But point three is that anxiety and faith are in conflict. And I get this from part of this verse. Um, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. Two points that Jesus is making here. Number one, that if we are anxious about these things, it shows a lack of faith in some ways. And I know that can be really hard to hear, and, and it feels like maybe it's out of our control, and how can I be blamed for this, or how, how do I get over this? How can I 
just, let's all take a deep breath, <laughs> right? Um, but it, it, he, he points that out. And number two, he says, for the Gentiles seek after these things. In other words, the non-believers, the ones who don't believe in God, the ones who won't lean into an understanding of who God is, they worry about these things. It's actually what marks them, according to Jesus, is that they don't trust that God would provide these things. And so uh, I want to kind of look back at that, uh, that uh, definition of anxiety as well, the, the last line there, that anxiety and trust are mutually exclusive. Anxiety and trust are mutually exclusive. I think there's a, a case to be made here, um, as difficult as it can be uh, to, to fully grasp, um, and as difficult as it can be, uh, look, I get it. Uh, there are a hundred things that are characteristics of God that are very difficult to, to trust in. Uh, I was having this conversation with Russell earlier this week, just how um, I think we, uh, as believers, we want to believe that when we put our faith in Jesus, there's this kind of magical cure-all that happens. Uh, that, that salvation would also give us uh, complete sanctification, complete trust in God, complete belief that he provides everything and everything's good and every part of our life is going to go exactly how God planned and, and that's not how it works out, right? Like it's a daily struggle uh, for some of us, maybe most of us, to believe that God, what we has provided is best. And yet we can look back at, you know, the, the two cans and the needs that God provides, the, the fields and the lilies and the, the, the springing uh, that God provides. He truly provides the best things for us, as hard as it can be to believe sometimes. But the, the problem here that we run into is, like I said, anxiety and faith are in conflict with each other, that, that anxiety robs us from the fullness of the life in Christ that God wants to provide for us. And, and I think the, maybe the key here um, is how we respond to that anxiety. Uh, and it's a process. It's not something that happens immediately. If anybody's ever told you, just, just keep praying. Just keep praying. Anxiety's going to go away. Keep praying. Like, I don't know if that's the most helpful thing. I'm just going to be honest. But I think that over time, and, and this is why we started this series with abiding, I think that over time, the more we spend with Jesus, the more time we spend with Jesus, the more we become like Jesus over time. Maybe it's five years from now. Maybe it's 10 years from now. Maybe it's the rest of our life. It's a journey of I'm becoming a less anxious person because I have more trust in who God is and that he has the best in, mi in mind for me. Like Maybe that's the process that it takes, and it's not an immediate I pray and it goes away. I think it's actually a really dangerous thing, and, and, and it can lead to a lot of disappointment, but what we can't do and this is where I want to kind of land the plane for us this morning. What we can't do, I believe, is uh, to, to turn away from what God uh, wants us to believe and to begin to uh, self-medicate or ignore the, the what's, what's happening with our anxiety. And I would put it like this. I think that uh, anxiety, uh, instead of us having this view of my anxiety means something's wrong with me, that it's something broken in me, that it's sinful or that it's shameful um, or, or I should feel guilty about it, but instead that our anxiety can be a tool that God is trying to use to open our eyes to what we uh, aren't believing or trusting in him with. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. So this is just a, a small example, and I, and I, I don't know, um, again, I just want to emphasize, like I don't, I don't know the pain that anxiety has caused this entire room, but, but 
an example from my life. Um, I have, for most of my time speaking uh, on from stage, uh, usually at some point getting ready, uh, I get very anxious. Uh, there's like uh, this just kind of panic moment for me. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to say. How am I going to present this? Uh, how are people going to hear this? How are they going to respond to this? And what begins to happen uh, is that I believe that it's not about uh, necessarily what I'm saying or uh, how people receive it or anything, but it's what are they going to think about me? And what are they going to trust? It or do they trust me anymore? Uh, because at my core, and this is where uh, following this, this cord of anxiety in my life, this, this thing that's been popping up, uh, what I begin to, to realize is that it's not about the, the symptom of I'm anxious about speaking this message. What it's actually pointing to and revealing in me is that like, I really desire to have influence in people's lives. And what if I get that influence taken away because someone doesn't agree or doesn't like what I say? And so my anxiety in that sense has been uh, a symptom that I've been able to turn and use uh, to get to the root of, well, what does God say about me? Does God say that if I don't have influence over people, he doesn't love me? No. And as difficult as it is to believe that he still does love me, regardless of how I perform or how I give or this message or how I speak or whatever that may be, that's the reality is that God still loves me and cares for me and wants to provide for me. Like It's really hard to believe that. I'm going to be honest with you. I get stomach aches thinking about it. But it's the reality. And it's the reality for all of us. But the problem is if we just look at the outside and the thing that's causing our anxiety, what we tend to do, and I'm, this is me too, just hand up, this is what I do too, is that we tend to find a way to, to self-medicate. And when I say self-medicate, I'm not talking about like a pill that we take or something like that. What I mean is we turn to binging a TV show to just not think about it anymore, to not feel it. We turn to, maybe it's, maybe it's alcohol, I just need, to, I just need a drink to, to take the buzz off, to, to take the edge off. Uh, maybe I just need, I'm, I'm going to obsess over my appearance or something about me. I'm going to keep myself constantly busy. I'm going to work a ton of hours. I'm going to get lost in social media or another app on my phone. I'm going to, uh, video games, books, and maybe I'm staying up late or going to bed early to just avoid whatever it is that I'm anxious about. And I would just give us the challenge this morning that I think God wants to allow the anxiety in our lives to be a tool to point back to the root of the thing that we're not believing in him. It's not about whatever we're anxious about coming up or the event that's happening that's caused, like that's stirring up that feeling. It's what's the root of it that I'm not believing in God to provide for me about. And we can use that as a tool to look back and figure that out. But it's not going to happen if we continue to, to self-medicate using these other distractions or avoidances. And, and look, uh, none of these things in and of themselves are necessarily bad. Like, I'm not saying that you shouldn't ever do any of those things I just listed. It's just when we use it as a, as a, as a vice to avoid the anxiety, to avoid our worry, to avoid those feelings. Because in the end, it just comes back up. I think I said on, on our Thursday podcast, we talked about anxiety a little bit this week. Um, it, it, it we can use it as like uh, the check engine light. It's an analogy to use for our anxiety. And, and what happens when you have a check engine light on your car go off and then you don't do anything about it and just hope it goes away? You probably got 18 more problems that pop up, right? Like something's bad. That means something's off. Something's, ne something's not working properly. 
So let's not let it fester into, you know, everything else in the car breaking down. We need to address the thing that's, that's going wrong in the moment. And so uh, as difficult as it may be, uh, I would just challenge us to, to lean into what is our anxiety actually pointing to about us where we can find trust and faith and hope in God. Okay. How are we feeling? Great, me too. Let's do this. As an example, let's just take a moment and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll kind of wrap up my time. I'll invite the band to come back up. I know I've been going a little while here, so I, I apologize if we get out late. Um, but let's do this. I, could you all just, just close your eyes with me for a second? And I don't know what abiding in Jesus looks like for you. I don't know what your specific kind of, um, what you do, uh, how you connect with God, whatever it takes. I, I just, I'd ask you in this moment um, to, to find a place with God. Uh, whether that be you go to your favorite place in the world and you, uh, you know, try to imagine that God is with you or maybe you picture uh, what heaven might look like and, and God is there or it's a favorite song or a favorite verse or whatever it may be, wherever you go to find God, I just ask that you would go there for a moment. And if you've never done that, if you've never sat and just closed your eyes and tried to be with God, I just, you know, a general kind of maybe example is just a picture somewhere very peaceful in your mind. And then whatever vision or image of God comes to your mind, just, just let that happen and take, let that take the role of God. And as you're sitting in this place with God, I would just encourage you to ask him if there's any fear or worry or anxiety in you right now. Maybe that's, an, maybe that's a quick yes. <laughs> maybe it's not. Maybe it's a no. Maybe it's, uh, yeah, what about this? But maybe God wants to reveal something to you right now. And then ask him where it comes from. Ask him what the deeper root of it is. What's happening down deep that I'm not trusting you in, that I'm not giving over to you, that I'm not surrendered to, that I don't believe is true about you. And then ask him to give you faith and to provide whatever you are lacking and that you would have faith to be obedient in this season, however difficult it looks. And then you can open your eyes. That may have helped in this moment, you might feel a little better. You might not. But ultimately, I think over time, if we were to do that, again, we would become less anxious people. That we would lean more into our faith in God, more into trust in his provision, more into the things that Jesus tells us that, that he provides for these other things that he cares way less about than he cares about you. And that's the bottom line this morning, that God cares so much about you. That's why you don't need to be anxious. And no, do not be anxious probably doesn't help. But God cares so much about you that you don't need to be. So I pray that we would lean into that. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission City Church podcast. Mission City Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at Cinemark 20 off of Johnson Drive and I-35. We also have three community groups that meet every other Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or you can email me at jake at missioncitykc.com.